You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Ball blasters. Hey, hey. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And we are a proud member of the Fantrax Podcast Network. Um, if you haven't yet, please check out our uh, our new Twitter handle. Michelle and I are actually manag- managing that over at Fantrax, at Fantrax NFL. Um, we're going to be bringing you content. We've got some really good contributors like Mr. Nate Hamilton, Joe Pisapia, Chris Meany, all the best in the business, basically. So head over to FantraxHQ.com for... Uh, some awesome content. Um, stay tuned. We're actually going to be announcing something kind of cool, a uh, little league that we might be doing. Yeah. If you're following me on Twitter, you'll see it. But it's just a very simple league where you pick one player, highest total points at the end of the year wins. But um, to get more information on that, go to my Twitter page. It's it's right there. Heck yeah. We're going to be uh, posting more information about that, but that'll be hosted over at Fantrax.com. We are going to be doing uh, a lot of fun stuff over on that Twitter account. So again, give it a follow at Fantrax NFL, um, managed by uh, us, yours truly. Uh, we all know you you guys love to interact with us on Twitter. So um, for for even more, Kate and Michelle, just head <laughs> over to that that Twitter account because I know you you guys can't get enough. Um, if you haven't yet jumped in yet on our sweaty selfie contest. It's really taken some steam. In yeah, the last we've few gotten weeks. some great pictures. I love it. Like really gross, sweaty pictures. I love it. Keep them all coming. Lots of sweaty humans there on the Twitterverse. Take a sweaty selfie whenever you're being active. I don't care what you're doing. Mowing the grass, walking the dogs, workout class. I don't mind. Um, every submission using the hashtag sweaty selfie is an entry to win a Fitbit. Um, so you can continue to be active. Uh, if you don't know, I am a nurse. Fitness is um, always been something that's been a, a bit of a challenge for me. So this is a, a contest for me as well. I'm not obviously going to be entered in the Fitbit, but it's a good motivator. Yeah. And we have our Fitbit. So once uh, whoever wins, they can start challenging us in a step, step contest. contest. Ooh, yeah. Which I work from home, so it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to get steps in. But Excuses. Yes. No, we're, we, don't, we don't take no excuses. So um, let's dive right into the podcast. We've got some news and notes. Uh, we've got a keep trade cut session, which I think is kind of interesting. And then we have blast his balls. Blast his balls. balls. Now, we had a great guest on. Do you want to introduce him? Absolutely. We've got uh, Dynasty Price, uh, Garrett Price uh, of the Dynasty Nerds. Really cool guy, really fun follow on Twitter. You can get him at Dynasty Price on Twitter. Um, He posts a lot of great content. He does the Dynasty Nerds podcast. Don't miss that follow. Uh, Give him a listen. But we debate whether or not Mike Williams is a top 24 wide receiver. And uh, And he's not. Yeah, I'm not going to like spoil anything, but we definitely won. So we're going to be posting that (laughs) poll uh, once you guys listen to the podcast. Do not simply vote for Mike Williams because you think he will be the top 24 wide receiver because we all know you think you do, he will be. Um, v- vote based on the debate. We want to hear like what you guys think of the actual content of the debate. Um, but let's get into some news and notes. We'll get rolling here. This just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. It's, uh, it's coach speak season, Michelle. Oh, 100%. There is a lot of uh, there. There are a lot of tidbits floating around in the news world. So, like, none of these are big, big ticket items here. Um, so, we're gonna just roll through. Randall Cobb and Dak Prescott have formed a fast connection. Yeah. So this is one of those where I'm like, okay, they formed a connection, but I still don't want to touch him in fantasy. Um, I don't know why I can't get Cole Beasley out of my head. You know, like 
all I can picture is Randall Cobb taking over that Cole Beasley role. I liked Mel, my, uh, Michael Gallup last year. He was a rookie, saw 68 targets. They just weren't connecting, but you always saw Michael Gallup wide open, like running deep, wide open. So he's the one that I really expect to hold firm control of that wide receiver too. I think uh, Randall Cobb takes that wide receiver three role. Uh, once Amari Cooper got there, Cole Beasley was on pace for around 75 targets. I would be shocked if Randall Cobb actually got that high, but maybe you can just put him into that uh, Cole Beasley role. What about you? I, I absolutely think he's a shoe in to be Cole Beasley Jr. Um, Cole Beasley took most of his, his snaps from the slot and saw minimal target share. So I'm not not pumped. Yeah, it's just like, he, yeah, he might be used, but not used enough to be fantasy relevant where you can ever feel good about starting him. So. For real. Pass for me. Pass for me. Uh, Gerald Everett, biggest surprise of the offseason standouts um, for the Rams. I'm kind of interested in this. It's more of a drop for maybe like a tight end premium league where um, you can get him absolutely dirt cheap. He's still a young, young tight end. Plenty of room for growth there in a prolific offense. Just somebody to keep in the back of your mind. Yeah. The issue with him, I actually, I was really, I started to like Gerald Everett last year you can see the talent on the field it's just there's so many guys on that offense and McVay's offense really is not focused on the tight end position I just I don't know like is there room for him to grow with Cooks and Woods and Cooper Cup and Gurley and now Henderson like there's just so so many many people I like Everett and I I understand it takes tight ends a little bit to start producing I think his talent is great I just kind of think he's stuck in this offense that he will never be able to reach his full ceiling in fantasy for a tight end position. I don't know. What, what do you think? I think, um, you know, it's hard because, you know, the, the Rams are really big on the three wide receiver sets. They are, uh, one of those teams that throws to the wide receiver. They, um, I think they rank like fifth in like target share to the wide receiver position. They don't use the tight ends a lot. And they sort of um, occasionally sprinkled in their tight ends last season. And, you know, they obviously are going to be using Gurley in the passing game. I I like him as a stash. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say drop him in any means. It's just like when Cooper Cup went out, that's when he started seeing five, seven, six targets in the games. Before that, he was seeing one or two I don't know if that has to do with him just making more progress as he had more, you know, playing time and he was getting used to the NFL feel, but I don't know. I I just don't think there's room for him in this offense, but I do like the talent. So if you want to take a chance on him, I'm totally fine with that. I like it. But for redraft, I'm probably staying away. Michelle, this is some news that you might like. Carry on Johnson. Oh, Um, yes. (laughs) So um, some Detroit reporters think that Carry on Johnson is going to see at least 60 receptions in 2019. Um, I thought this was like a, whoa, piece of news. And then I I pulled up his stats from last season. And if uh, we would have statted out like his 10 games and projected it for the full 16, he actually would have been on pace for 51 receptions. So are you starting to get on board with Carry on Johnson? A little bit. A I little actually, bit. Um, I did bump him up a little bit in my PPR rankings today for this very reason. So this is a report you believe out of OTAs? It is a report I believe. I'm putting a little more stock in this report here. I already have him as a running back 11 in PPR. And if Theo Riddick gets cut, like this report said that that's a possibility, uh, yeah, I, he's going to go up because right now I only am at 40, not only, but I have him catching 48 balls, which is a lot, which is great. If Theo Riddick leaves and this guy saying 60 is like, he said like minimum 60, meaning yeah. that he thinks it could even be higher. Um, if Theo Riddick does indeed get cut, I'm upping my reception total for on Johnson and he's just going to keep climbing those rankings. I love on Johnson. I love on Johnson too. I just want more assurances that he will be utilized and perhaps this is their way of working him into the offense more without pounding him into defensive linemen. And I'm fine with that. Listen, any wide receiver or any running back I have make him catch balls. That's fine with me. If he's used less in the running game and he's involved in the passing game, I'll take that. It means less chances of getting hurt. Cool. 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 
Yeah, I like that. And with a, a running back who's elusive, can make cuts, Karrion Johnson, I, I do like the pick. Like I said, I bumped him up today, and I, I hope he doesn't let me down here. Um, another piece of nose out of uh, Patriots camp, Nikhil Harry struggling a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting report because it was like, he's struggling against Stephon Gilmore. And it's like, well, everybody struggles against, against Stephon, Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah, let alone a rookie. I mean, I personally am not high on Nikhil Harry, especially in redraft. He will not be touching any of my teams um, because no rookie wide receiver will be. But, I mean, I don't. you can't fault him for struggling in minicamp. He's a rookie. He's a rookie wide receiver, and he's going up against Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, I, so I take this report, and I just throw it away. I mean, he's going to struggle. He's learning the playbook. He's a rookie. I mean, one thing to do take you want to take note of is that coming out of college, it was the whole, he can't separate. You know, that was his biggest fault. He's not a great separator, so maybe that's what they're seeing and that's what they're talking about here is he hasn't been able to separate, and that that is an issue. And I also just I, – I think people – I don't know. I think people think about Tom Brady, and they think any wide receiver you put there, they're just going to be beast mode. Um, you have to look at Brandon Cooks. Like He had his worst season with Tom Brady. I mean, it wasn't by much, but he did have his worst season with Tom Brady. Julian Edelman and him just have this special connection, and – it's not just any wide receiver you put there, they're going to break out. So just, I would cool it on the kill Harry, but not because of this report. I mean, this report's kind of crazy. And I do think that he is falling a little bit. So I'm, I'm in the middle of a rookie draft. He actually fell to the, uh, the one one Oh four, which he was talked about in, in plenty of rookie draft circles as like the clear cut number one overall pick. Yeah, in every in every rookie draft I did, they all were done a long time ago, but he went in one or two in every one with Josh Jacobs going, you know, one or two, the opposite. Yeah, I, I think this uh, might have dra- dropped his stock a little bit, but um, I, I don't put too much, like I, I didn't expect him to be this super dominant wide receiver in 2019 anyway. So if you liked Harry before, you should like Harry now. If you didn't before, it, you, you don't it's know. No difference. So there's no, this report's not anything to me. Agree. Uh, Leonard Fournette going to be a big part of the passing game. Phil says he likes throwing to the running back. Yeah, he says that. There was no dominant Philly Eagles running back that was, you know, really involved in the running game. He does love throwing to the tight end. Um, I mean, Fournette was already a big part of the passing game. So I don't. Uh, this is another report that's like, okay, like, okay. <laughs> He's already been a super big, you know, super involved in the passing game. He doesn't seem like one of those backs, but he is. He is a pass catching back. Everything with Fournette is about the effort, is about the injuries. If he plays a full 16 games, he's going to be just fine. He's going to be great. So it really comes down to those injuries. Another one of those reports, if you liked him before, great. If you yep. didn't, boom. Exactly. Dallas just, Goddard capable of making a second-year leap into stardom. Yeah, uh, I like Dallas Goddard, and I was higher on him until I went to go look at Zach Ertz's contract because I was thinking about taking him in a startup, uh, you know, tight end premium league. I got pretty excited because he was available. And then I went to go look at Zach Ertz's contract, and he is on the books for a really long time. For a he lot of money. He still has a dead cut or a dead cap of $7 million in 2021. So I don't know. Is he going to be usable? Like, So you're going to have to bank on that. The Eagles are the one team to do the Gronk-Hernandez situation again because there has not been many situations where you can use two tight ends. I do think he eats in the Zach Ertz production, which can suck for fantasy because then you're, you know, you're losing that top end tight end. Uh, but I just don't know if Zach or if uh, Goddard is going to be Able to be used on a weekly basis. That's all. What do you, what do you think? I'm going to be honest. I think my favorite uh, like position on that that roster is the tight end. I think they have a very talented tight end core. That Carson Wentz has shown that he likes to throw the to the tight end. If they have Dallas Goddard running more routes, I think that there's plenty of room for both of these guys in the offense. They drafted him for a reason. I, like I think it. his talent is great, and I think he'll definitely be used. It's just like the consistency is going to be
be hard, and I, I don't think it'll be great. And then they just added J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who apparently is going to be used in the in the red zone. They added Deshaun Jackson for targets. They still have Nelson Aguilar. Elshon Jeffrey should be healthy this year. There's just a lot of targets that go around. I just... I was really high in Dallas Goddard until I thought about it a little bit further, and I'm like, okay, he really doesn't have too clear of a path there to completely make that second-year leap. If Zach Ertz got hurt, he's I think he becomes a tight end elite, one. Tight, easy. Yeah, easy top five tight end if Zach Ertz were to get hurt, but I never want to count on that, and Zach Ertz isn't someone to get hurt often. So One pass catcher that you did not mention, who also had a little bit of a flutter, on Twitter uh, and some beat reports lately. Deshaun Jackson. I did mention. Don't be rude. Did you? Yes, I did. My I bad. would not forget him. <laughs> I think he'll be great in uh, Philly, but go ahead. What were you saying? Deshaun Jackson and Carson Wentz have shown to have a connection that has been on point. Nice. Current ADP and half PPR is uh, having him go as the wide receiver 47 in the 11th round. And if that, Value. if that keeps, you know, if the reports keep coming out like that, I have Carson Wentz pretty low, but if reports keep coming out like that, we get into preseason, we start seeing them connect, I will move him up because Deshaun Jackson can make a quarterback go from, you know, middle of the pack to, a, I mean, look what happened with Ryan Fitzpatrick because he just kept connecting <laughs> along with Deshaun Jackson. It was insane. So, And he can be a yards after the catch machine. So even if... Um, maybe they connect midfield on that ball. He can take it to the house pretty easily because he's so fast. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson is a perfect late round redraft wide receiver. Whenever you're in the draft and you're thinking, maybe I should take a rookie wide receiver, stop and and take Deshaun Jackson. That's all I have to say. I really like that tidbit. He's 32 and still he had some of the fastest plays per next gen stats last year. I'm amazed by that. And I, I think that kind of weapon on the Eagles offense will really help Carson Wentz if they can keep that connection. So um, last but not least, a, a sort of um, I really haven't seen this report too much on Twitter, but uh, came out on Roto World. Um, the transition on the Browns um, to offensive coordinator Todd Monkin has not gone as smoothly as expected. Freddie Kitchens has been playing a greater role in the offense um, than was originally projected. Yeah. Kind of interesting. So he was the offense quarter last year for Tampa Bay. Um, He did actually get demoted uh, at some point last year. I don't know. I mean. I don't know what to make of it. The offense in Tampa Bay was pretty, pretty sporadic. He, he was fired for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be interesting. I, I'm not going to put too much into this report. I think it'll be okay. I think everyone's very new there. It's going to take some time to put it all together. If everything meshed perfectly in the first week, that would just be weird. So Another, another tidbit that came out also was that uh, Baker Mayfield caused a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say drama, Yeah, but um, he had called out Duke Johnson, who's been... Um, held out of uh, the offseason mini camps. Um, I think he did report for the mandatory camps. Is that right? I actually don't know if he reported, but I, I did see that Baker called him out. And it's it's his personality. So you can't love him for being bold and then hate him for being bold. It's one of those things, yeah, should he be calling out a teammate? No. Uh, I get where he's coming from, though. Like He just wants people there because he wants to win, and he doesn't want anyone falling behind. Uh, but it's also one of those things where someone's trying to get a contract, trying to get playing time. And Duke Johnson realizes, because he's smart, that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are better than him. And he's Absolutely. on a team that he's not going to get playing time once a uh, week, uh, what, 10 Eight. hits there? Uh, yeah, it would be week, week 10. 10 yeah. because of the bye. So I get it. I get both sides. Baker probably should have kept his mouth shut here. Still love him to death. And he'll learn. He'll learn. He's still young. He's He just opens his mouth all the time. It's, he's, what, 23 years old? He'll learn. And I think uh, just what I take away from these reports is just that this is a very, uh, overall, a young offense, a very new offense, a new team. There's a lot of um, pieces here that they have to put together. I know everybody's, like, on the Browns to the Super Bowl yeah. <laughs> hype train, but I, I just... 
I think that it's going to take them one more year to put the pieces together. If they make the playoffs, everyone should be thrilled. Like that should be the goal. The Super Bowl is not should not even be close to the goal. It should be that wild card game. That's the goal. Get yourself there. They have so many new pieces. Again, like if you mesh this week, that would have been insane. OBJ hasn't even been there for the the voluntary, you know, the voluntary workout. So he finally showed up this week. That's a new guy. You have all of these new pieces, new offensive coordinator, new head coach, new defensive coordinator. Like, just give them time. Give them time. This, uh, this is another report where I'm just, you know, taking with a grain of salt. I think everything will be okay. Just just let them work into training camp. I'm so happy they're not on hard knocks this year. That's what I'll say. Oh, thank God. Because if they had to do all this in hard knocks and have to worry about that, that would have just been a disaster. And I'm very happy that they did that last year and got it over with. I love it. All right. Let's get into some keep trade cut. But first, let's check out a word from our sponsor. I love them and love them. I don't care who knows it. Some days I'd be willing to trade my man for a really good what? Oh, boy. Girl, I will cut him. All right, Michelle, we've got a really interesting keep trade cut. So I was browsing ADP on uh, Fantasy Football Calculator, came to the realization that all of the Los Angeles Rams wide receivers are being drafted at basically the same exact spot. It's pretty insane, actually. How weird is that? <laughs> so you've got Brandon Cooks at the 407, Woods at the 408, Cup at the 410. They have three awesome wide receivers. I mean, and they're all, none of them have, you know, put a gap between themselves. No. So they, they're just all great. <laughs> Um, but there, none Sean of them are absolutely elite. That's the thing. Like none of them are top. Uh, what should I say? Eight wide receiver. None yeah. of them are maybe not even top ten wide receiver. But they're all so good. They're, they're all, all s- right in that next group. And they're hard to like. I don't know when they're at that point where I have to choose between one of them. If I'm in that range, I I pause. Yeah. So we're gonna play t- keep trade cut. We have to cut one. We have to trade one. And then we will happily keep one of them. Um, it's just going to be a hard decision. So do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, you can go first. So um, actually, I think we have the same answer. Based on my knowledge of you, I'm going to guess we're, uh, I'm gonna guess we're keep, keeping trading and cutting the same guy. But uh, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, let's hear it. All right. So I am keeping Brandon Cooks. Me too. People are do not give this dude enough respect. I mean, what else can he do? He has been in the league for five years, four out of those five years, the last four years, over a thousand yards in each of those years, over 1100 yards, 2015, over 1100 yards, 2016, 1,082 yards, 2017, 1200 yards, 2018. And what's even more insane is that he hasn't been on the same team now in three years. Like, so he, he went from New Orleans to New England. He got one year there to, you know, to adjust. And then he goes to the Rams the next year. So this is his, finally, three years later, he's going to be on the same team, the same system, the same coaches, the same quarterback. We don't even know what this dude can be when he actually gets the chance to acclimate to an offense, to a team, to a city, to his teammates. Like, We don't even know what his ceiling is yet, which is insane. And people are not giving this dude enough respect. He is consistent. Last year, he had five games over 20-plus points. He can win you weeks. That's the thing with Brandon Cooks. He can win you weeks on his own. He can win you weeks, but he doesn't often lose you weeks. Yeah, exactly, especially last year. Like, he didn't lose you a lot of weeks at all. Um, He was consistently in the teens and point, you know, in, in PPR leagues, like I said, five games over 20-plus points. I had him last year in my main PPR league, and I loved him. I loved him. He's the very last wide receiver I'd feel comfortable as my wide receiver one. I would not feel comfortable with Robert Woods or Cooper Cup as my wide receiver one. Obviously, I'd prefer any of them to be a wide receiver two, but if Brandon Cooks is my wide receiver one because I went early with running backs, I'm okay with that. I I absolutely agree. His consistency is off the charts. You give him another year to work with Sean McVay, another year with a uh, quarterback who still probably has room to grow. He's got so many offensive weapons. He's got the perfect coach. I'm excited to see what, what this team can do. I'm excited to see 
what Woods or I'm sorry, what Cooks can do um, with his his second year in the system. Changing changing teams is very hard on a wide receiver. When you have that new playbook, you've got all new routes to run, um, you know, play calling language, all of that jazz. It's challenging. You know, running backs, you follow the blocking schemes, but generally speaking, it it's a little easier for running backs to transition teams than it is a wide receiver. So, so much kudos to Cooks here. Yeah, and, you know, Robert Woods did have 13 more targets last year, but he had a whole year to, you know, get that connection with Goff because he was there in 2017. So I don't think it's fair to compare them yet. Um, Robert Woods is great. And that's why he's going to be my trade because I still think people, you know, deservingly so want him. So I think I can get a lot of good value for him. I'm going to trade Robert Woods. Um, he is extremely, extremely consistent. I will probably say more consistent than Brandon Cooks. This dude literally does not lose you weeks. But he also just doesn't win you weeks He's at just the amount of Brandon Cooks. He did have some great games, but only a couple where he actually won you weeks. He's just super consistent. He's a really good wide receiver. Um, even with Cooper Cup there or without Cooper Cup there, he literally did the same thing. So adding Cooper Cup in next year is not going to make a difference for him. No, target share while Cup was active was 24%. So... Um, Target share without Cup, 22.5%. He actually saw more of a target share with Cup on the field. Um, and who it, do you think it, uh, you know, who do you think it hurts if Gurley is more involved in the passing game instead of the running game because of his injury? You know, they started to use him that way. Do I would you, say Cup. You think Cup? I would actually think Woods for some reason, and I, I don't know why, so don't ask me. I just think it would eat into Woods' uh, carries. I, I, I don't see Gurley going long. Like, Brandon Cooks is the long guy. You know, yeah, um, he can make up cups, a slot guy. Yeah. So it definitely could eat into cups targets. And one thing I want to go back to cooks is that you could be watching a game and Brandon cooks just to just not have any targets. And you're like, what in the world is happening? Like pass it to cooks. And then one play makes your entire week. Like a 60 yard bomb touchdown. It just always happened. I feel like, like you were just waiting for that big play and it happens so much or they'll have one drive and all of a sudden Brandon cooks got five receptions on that one drive. Like, and that's how it drive. was with Drew Brees too. <laughs> so he's, he's been pretty consistent across the board in that, in that respect. He's um, just one of those guys that can accumu- accumulate pretty quickly. Yeah. But I, I still, you I love You go in the Woods. fourth quarter with no points, and you're like, you know what? I still have a chance here to get 15 points. Like, that can still happen. And that's there's not a lot of guys like that. If you go into the fourth quarter with Robert Woods and he's not giving you many points, it's probably not going to change much because he's not that huge play guy. He's not. And I will say also for the trade perspective, I think that um, just seeing sort of the the general perception on Twitter, people really feel that, um, you know, at this current ADP, Woods is undervalued. People, um, you know, where I had him in my rankings, everybody pointed Woods out. Everybody is high on Robert Woods right now. So this that is when you trade a player, when the perception is high. Yeah, I think last year was Robert Woods' ceiling. Uh, I, I think we haven't seen Brandon Cook ceiling yet. So if they're nearly the same price, give me the guy that can go, that can be a top five wide receiver. I don't think that's in the the works for Woods ever. So Yeah, but um, I still think the perception is high enough that, that that's when you move the guy. And then both of our cuts, Cooper Cup. We don't have much of a debate here, but I think still solid information. So Cooper Cup returning from the ACL tear November 2019. That's what it is. It's 2018, sorry. Um, you know, it takes six to nine months to recover. All the reports have been really positive overall regarding his progress. He seems to be making smart moves. He doesn't seem to be, um, you know, maybe putting too much on his rehab. He seems to be taking everything just fine. But um, it, it always comes down to the amount of time that it's going to take a player to accumulate or acclimate back to the game. It, it The speed, the pace... Um, you know, the grueling schedule of the NFL season, it's, it's ground and pound, like you're, you're going. And I I think that with how late cup tore his ACL in the 2018 season, I do worry that it's just going to take him a little bit longer to get back up to speed. Um, I think his, his red zone dominance isn't going to be in question there. 
Um, he was only active eight games, had 12 targets inside the 20, seven inside the 10. Um, if you project those out for a full season, it uh, in both of those measures, he is in the top 10 if but you project him out for 16 games. Cooper Cup is awesome. He's young. He's great. The whole thing comes down to this injury, especially for redraft. If I'm choosing between these three guys, it it does take time to come back fully from an ACL tear. He did it late in the season. So I do not expect a great year from Cooper Cup in 2019. If we're talking dynasty, just Cooper Cup has the least value right now. And I'm I'm still choosing Brandon Cooks uh, over Cooper Cup. And then with trade, I just think I can get more if trading Woods and Cup. Obviously, if I could do the opposite, I would. Um, but that's why I chose Robert Woods to trade. Cooper Cup, I think, has the least value right now. So if we're talking dynasty, he's my trade or he's my cut. And redraft, I, I'm not touching Cooper Cup this year in a draft. Like, it's not happening. He's not going to be on any of my teams. The ACL tear was just too late. It was too late. It was in too late. So what I think I will do with Cup, um, after he disappoints for for most people's, uh, you know, first half of the season, I will trade for him cheap. I, and I, I think like he that. will finish the year strong. So, um, again, we are both keeping Brandon Cooks. We are trading Robert Woods. And we're cutting Cooper Cup. I'm sorry, Cooper. We love you, bud. You're a great Best talent. of luck. Best of luck, yes, but just you're going to have to be on someone's roster for someone else's roster for now. For now, until I trade for you midseason after Whoop. you disappoint them. That's a great strategy. I love that. We should start talking about that more. Wink, wink. We should talk about uh, players that we're avoiding, uh, you know, in drafts, but that we'll be targeting in middle season when they are uh, not putting up the production. We think that they will in the second half. I Ooh, like that. Good segment. Just good segment. That. All right. Ooh, so woo. stay tuned for that. Okay. And with that, I think it's time to get into our special guest appearance. We have got. Garrett of the Dynasty Nerds. Um, Garrett, what's up? How is it going? How are you ladies doing? Mr. Dynasty Price, thank you for joining us. I am Kate, obviously. And I'm Michelle. Thank you so much for coming. We we have you on for our very special segment. You know, you're only the second guest to ever be on the segment. You know, you know what this is, right? Yeah. I you know what here's the thing too. I like when when you guys reached out. I've listened. I've listened to the show a few times, and I knew about this segment. And I'm You're not waiting. going to tell you. Like I broke out in like nervous sweats, and I'm <laughs> like, oh no! Like they're gonna they're gonna call me out. So like I literally I felt like I was back in like college cramming for an exam, like looking at Mike Williams stuff. <laughs> you better bring your A game because we have our A game waiting for us. Actually, literally it. the second we said we wanted to do a blast his ball segment on Mike Williams, you got called out by a lot of fans on Twitter. Woo. Like I a lot it. of people sent us your direction. So welcome to the podcast. We're happy to join you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself like what brings you here what's going on over at dynasty nerds yeah so i am uh, still fairly new to the dynasty football world i've been playing forever but i haven't necessarily been doing uh, analysis and podcasts and articles and stuff like that uh, i've really only been been working for dynasty nerds since january so things have kind of taken off uh, pretty quickly so that's been a huge blessing. Rich and Matt, uh, the guys that have been doing Dynasty Nerds forever, were uh, very gracious to bring me in. Uh, the The crazy part is like Rich does the podcast at his house, and when he invited me to like be a part of it, I don't remember if it was Matt or somebody else. I was like, "You, you don't really necessarily know this dude, so like, we could be inviting a mass murder like into our home tonight." You do, <laughs> you do realize that. So fortunately, I'm not. Uh, in case anyone was wondering, I've, I've, uh, never murdered anyone that I can remember anyway. So oh, I think I'm, I'm clear on that. Uh, but yeah, so I've just been, uh, digging in, doing different podcasts. I even help out with uh, a couple guys, Shevin Nooney and, and Mike Bauer that do a little podcast, the dynasty rewind. And that's just kind of a fun little side gig that, uh, is going real well. So, so yeah, I do a little bit of everything. I try to, uh, try to be very active on Twitter, uh, as much as humanly possible. So I try to dig deep. I've been doing a lot on uh, rookie prospects and Devi prospects. And so I've been, uh, doing a lot of that until, until this very moment when I shifted all of my focus to, uh, you know, third year wide receivers, cause that's clearly the most important thing. Uh, so that way I don't get my balls blasted too hard. Williams is a big prospect in Dynasty right now. He's uh, he is. 
he finished hot last season. And after that, I, I think all of that uh, two-year drought just sort of cleared up and everybody thought the well was full and yeah. we're ready to dip in again. We just did a startup dynasty and he went really early, actually. It was a super flex and I believe he went at least by the sixth round, which I thought was absurd. For super flex, yeah. Yeah, for super flex. So that, Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's high. I, I don't think it's as crazy, but I mean, I guess that's, uh, that's what this is all about. Yes, it is. So, uh, everyone, you can find Garrett at Dynasty Price, correct? There's no numbers. There's no, no numbers. numbers. No I numbers. used to be, I used to be at GMP underscore thirty three, and people like gave me the hardest time about like this underscore and how are we ever going <laughs> to find you? And so, uh, I, I literally caved to peer pressure to change my my Twitter handle. That's what Twitter's all about. Peer oh, pressure. Really is. It's literally all it is. It's a bunch of people peer pressuring uh, one another into taking Mike Williams way higher than he's going to finish in 2019. <laughs> We're done being nice here. It is about yeah. to get real. It's time to blast your balls, Garrett. Start two, one. Blast his balls. So you have Mike Williams, and I, I don't know if I made it easy or not for you. I said anyone that believes Mike Williams will be top 24, I wanted them to come at me with their debate. So you think he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver in PPR, right? Correct. Okay. So I will let you have the floor first because I'm, I'm nice like that. So you go ahead. You give me, you give me your best reasonings, and then uh, we'll start discussion from there. First of all, where do you think he's going to finish in PPR? That's a good question. Um, I'll have to go back and look through my ranks. Um, I do have him as a wide receiver, too. Uh, if off the top of my head, it's right around wide receiver, like 2021. 20, um, so it's a lower-end wide receiver, too. Uh, but I definitely feel very good about that. And I, I even think like going back through, I want to move him up again. So Whew, I want to move him down. We have him at, I have him at 35. Kate has him at 34 Ooh. and we're both ready to, I think, move him down. That is offensive. Um, all right. So Kate has him, uh, Mike Williams at wide receiver 34 and full PPR. Michelle, you've got him at wide receiver 35. So that's a little bit different than a wide receiver too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a gap. And like I said, I want us to uh, move him down. <laughs> I want me to move him down at least. Uh, but yeah, I want to hear your reasonings. Go ahead. You get the floor. Okay. Pitch, moment. Pitch, pitch us. Yeah. Why should we be moving Mike Williams up in our rankings? All right. So here, I, like I said, I tried, to, I tried to make sure I did a good job of doing my homework. So here's the thing. There's a few things that I really want to, to emphasize. One, he was a top 10 draft pick. I know that they don't always pan out, but there is something to be said about these guys that get paid millions and millions of dollars to scout players to say he's worthy of a top 10 pick. Yeah, Corey Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I like Corey Davis too, for what it's worth. But no! we're not getting into Corey Davis today. <laughs> that's, I don't that's like him as much segment. as I like Michael Williams. <laughs> I'll have to come back on again so you guys can like destroy me a second time. Mm-hmm. Like once my perfect. ego's built back up. Um so I think that I think that we do have to say that that has some value, not a lot. Plenty of people bust. John Ross was a great example a few years back. Um, so guys do bust. It's it's not a foolproof method in any way, shape, or form. But there is something to be thought of in that. He also struggled with injuries mightily his his rookie season, and so he was on the field, off the field, never really got into the offense very much. So for for all intents and purposes, last year was like an extended rookie season for him. And he made the most of it. He had 66 targets and he had 10 touchdowns on those 66 targets. Now, I'm not one of those guys that's going to say, well, he gets more targets and he's automatically going to get more touchdowns. And blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I want to I assure you that, that that's not exactly where I'm going with this. But I did want to do a little bit of math. So Antonio Gates and Terrell Williams uh, are both going to be gone this season, aren't going to be factors in the offense. That leaves approximately 110 targets to go around. Now, we do have to know that uh, Hunter Henry is coming back into the fold. So he's going to take a big bulk of those, uh, those receptions. So let's say that he gets 90 receptions. 
uh, or sorry, 90 targets, which would put him at around six most in this past season. So that would be about a fair amount for a target for a target share of somebody of his uh, ilk. So let's say he gets 90 targets. That would leave approximately 20 targets left for Mike Williams to be able to take. And we're just going to assume everybody else in the offense gets the same. Keenan Allen doesn't do better, doesn't do worse. Uh, Travis Benjamin, all these other guys, we're going to say that they do exactly what they did. So that leaves approximately 20 targets for, uh, for Mike Williams in the offense. If he keeps the exact same catch rate, which is 65%, which is actually pretty low. Chances are that would probably go up. But let's say he keeps the exact same catch rate and he keeps the exact same yards per catch. So that would now give him 56 catches as opposed to 43 that he had in 18. That would give him 56 catches. And at that same yards per catch, that would give him approximately 864 yards. And I assume that he would get less touchdowns despite having more targets. I assumed that he would get less touchdowns. So that would give him, so I put him with eight touchdowns, two less despite having 20 more targets, which I thought was pretty fair. Um, in that case, and I think these are all very modest projections, that would still put him as the wide receiver 24 with 190 points if we were scoring on the 2018 season. If we have a little bit more aggressive of, uh, of a target share. So we say he cuts in a little bit to Keenan Allen, which I definitely think is a possibility. He cuts into a couple other people. Maybe Melvin Gordon doesn't get utilized quite as much as he was this past year because of some of the injuries and things like that. So let's say he gets 40 targets and we use all of the same math that we used before, but we don't give him a ton more touchdowns. We just give him the exact same amount he had this year. So on 40 more targets, same amount of touchdowns at 10, he would have 69 catches for 1,049 yards and that would put him at, let's see where I have him, wide receiver 15 Whew. with 233 points. Whew. So I think it seems pretty fair that even if we do the modest projections, he's still a top 24 receiver. And right now DLF has his ADP going at wide receiver 23 or 50 overall. And he was also the 24th ranked receiver last season. You're so just to cut you off there for one second, you're not sure. considering all the injuries last year though. So like if you do 190, which is, that's pretty much where I have them. It's really realistic. I have them at 189. That's only 11.8 yeah. points per game. That puts them under third as the wide receiver 30 last year for points per game. On a points per game, yeah, but but we know that people will get injured. I'm just doing on a on a baseline for the overall season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on a points per game, that would put him a little bit less. But like I said, I would probably put him at the more aggressive because he's going somebody of his talent. Because here's the things that he did last year that that were interesting too that I found uh, pretty fascinating on in breaking routes on his routes. Sorry, I'm getting very tongue-tied. On his in-breaking routes from Phillip Rivers, he actually had the highest passer percentage in the entire league. So he was dominant breaking on the inside of the field. And even in their biggest game that they played last year, they gave him 11 targets, which is pretty generous um, going up against the Patriots. So I just think that there's a lot of things that this guy can do really well. And I would just be shocked if he didn't get a larger target share than he did in 2018. See... What makes me nervous about Mike Williams, and it's not I, like I think his his physical build benefits him very much because he might as well be a tight end. He's massive. He's so huge. He can be used in the red zone any day. We saw him rush in a few touch like that. That shows me that you have all the physical traits to make it happen. But how are we supposed to buy in that Philip Rivers will continue to be able to give that many pieces of the offense that many targets? They utilized the running back so heavily last season in the passing game, and it worked. They still have these amazing pass catchers um, in the running back position. Melvin Gordon literally tied, tied Mike Williams for targets last season. And you know why? Because he is the second best wide receiver on that team. He also it missed uh, four games or he did. Yeah, he missed, missed he games. missed four games. Yeah, and he was in tied last year. Mike Williams for targets. And I think everybody, including, I'm guessing, the, the Chargers, know that Melvin Gordon makes money in the passing game. He's always been a pass-catching back, and he can uh, take one of those dump-off passes and take it for 60 yards and a touchdown. Um, that's where he eats, and I think they know that. I think they know that 
Eckler is a proficient pass catcher. They were third in the league when it comes to receptions to the running or targets to the running back last season. I don't see that changing. And then also people forget, you know, there'll be another wide receiver three that plays. So everyone's just like, oh, Tyrell Williams is leaving. Tyrell Williams is leaving. Like, okay, that's great. Uh, That's only 65 targets to begin with. And they always, always target a wide receiver three. Like it's a very, very historical thing that Phillip Rivers likes to throw to three wide receivers. So in 2018, he used both Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams, 66 targets, 65 targets. In 2017, Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin, 69 targets, 62 targets. When Allen was hurt, he did utilize Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, and Inman. Like, he likes to use three wide receivers. He loves his tight ends to no end. So I think Hunter Henry is going to have a beastly year. Um, We can definitely agree on that. I like Hunter Henry a lot as well. Yeah, I mean, last year was a little bit rough, but, I mean, he had, what, a 30 hundred year old Antonio Gates and Virgil Green. And he still threw to him 73 times. That's a lot. Um, Before that, when there was Gates and Henry, 114 targets and then 146 targets in 2016, Hunter Henry was great. And he was only seeing 50% of the offensive snaps when, uh, before he got hurt. So I eight touchdowns his rookie season. Yeah, by the eight way. touchdowns and fifty percent of snaps. Like, Second most tight uh, touchdowns for any rookie tight end since twenty ten. Beat out Gronk there. So where are you seeing room for Mike Williams to even grow from what he did last year with Hunter Henry joining with Melvin Gordon hopefully being healthy for a full sixteen games? I know that's a big ask. And then also Eckler. I know it's stupid to bring up Eckler, but it is something to think about. He missed two and a half games. He's very involved in the passing game. He was on pace for sixty five targets. Like that's another twelve targets right there that you're eating up if you go off of his uh, pace from last year. So where do you see him getting more targets? So I think there's a couple different things to factor in. One, I do think that they will be um, more cautious with Melvin Gordon this year than they've been in the past. Um, he has shown to not necessarily be the picture of health. And so I do think that his workload, although it will still be better than a lot of the running back by committees and all that, I'm not suggesting that all of a sudden Eckler and, and uh, Justin Jackson are eating into his role. I'm not saying that in any way. But I do think they'll be a little bit more conservative. And so if that means Justin Jackson's on the field a little bit more, that hinders some of the passing game uh, opportunities that you would you would see from Gordon. Um, I do think that they'll also intentionally scheme more uh, for Mike Williams. I think that they saw some of the, the raw abilities that he has. And I'm not the biggest Keenan Allen truther. Uh, he's a very good route runner, uh, but he's not necessarily an elite talent. And so I could see a situation where even though their games are drastically, drastically different, I could see a situation where we're looking at closer to a Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen with what we have with Keenan Allen and with Mike Williams, where they become much more so the uh, the focal point of the passing game, but much more in a one uh, a one B type of situation. What about last year makes you feel like Philip Rivers wants to target Mike Williams a lot? Like that's what I'm kind of confused about. I think, well, I think the biggest one of the biggest things was he's a monster in the red zone. One of the best contested catch uh, wide receivers that we have in the game in right three now. games. Uh, he, He's a monster. Even Keenan Allen, his own teammate, said this. He draws attention to he can go deep. He's about uh, he's big about catching the ball. He's that DeAndre Hopkins type of guy. When you throw it up, he's going to go. Wait, get it. He, and so even he as had a, two touchdowns last ahead. year that was literally just standing there wide open in the end zone. Like the Kansas City game, they forgot about him twice because he's the wide receiver three. I still don't understand how you forget about a player twice. Um, but if it you're as bad City. of it, yeah, I mean, if they you're that so bad, bad of a defense, so like the whole contestant thing, maybe he's good at that, but he also got just two free touchdowns. It was like when we were watching sure. the game, you like your jaw dropped, like who can be that wide open? Sure. But I mean, everyone, if you look at every touchdown of every player, 
one of those or two of those are going to be more layups than they were like this fantastic highlight reel jaw dropping play. Like they're not all going to be those. Sometimes they're just, Hey, that was a good, uh, that was a good route and guys were just wide open or they schemed them open or whatever. So sometimes, sometimes that just happens. And then sometimes you get Kansas city who just doesn't care about defense and is just going to score more than you. Are uh, you concerned that so, his best game was when Keenan Allen got hurt pretty early in that game? Um, not really. I, I think part of it is, I think we're, we've gotten to the point where we, we forgot about him, his rookie year. And I think we already started to, to write off this player when we've seen this become a trend with the exception of the incredible 14 class with OBJ, Mike Evans, Devonte Adams, Brandon cooks, uh, Allen Robinson. There's just a ridiculous class. Um, all of the other classes, it's kind of been more of a trend where it takes a couple years for these guys to develop. And so I do think that it took him a little bit longer to develop. And we kind of forgot about him because of his rookie season. And it wasn't until recently where people started seeing that, um, that ridiculous touchdown percentage. And we're like, hey, there might be something to this. Now, similar to um, guys like Tyler Lockett, you know, even though I, I do like Tyler Lockett uh, as well, we do know that chances are there is going to be some some regression to this. But with the increased target, I think that it'll it'll somewhat balance out, and we're still going to see you know eight, nine, ten, eleven touchdowns. Even if it balances out, so like let's say he gets, I have him at you know, around 20 more targets. I think that's very fair because I don't think Phil Rivers is going to throw that much more. It finally worked last year, right? They finally have a good defense that they can rely on. They have a great running game. This whole game plan worked for them. They won a playoff game. I think they stick with what they have. Kevin wasn't, or Kevin, right? Kevin Wisenhunt isn't a huge, you know, he doesn't throw a ton each game. So I think they stick right around where he had attempts last year. And if that's so, I just don't see there's room for him to, you know, for Williams to get that many more targets. So 20 more is very fair. If he gets 20 more targets, you cannot lose that many touchdowns if you only get 20 more targets. And I have him not, he was at 15.4 yards per completion. That's a lot. Like That's a lot, a lot. So I put him down to 14. I think that's realistic. And I have him down to eight touchdowns. I mean, with Hunter Henry back, he's no longer the biggest guy or the only big guy on the team anymore that's going to be utilized. I do think Hunter Henry takes targets away. There's going to be wide receiver threes being used. Melvin Gordon will hopefully be healthy for a full 16 games. I think eight, eight touchdowns is very fair. And if he goes down a couple touchdowns, he's going to need to go up by more than 15 to 20 targets to, he was the wide receiver, what 32 last year. You want him to go up to all the way to the wide receiver 24 with only 15 more targets, losing two touchdowns. I just don't, I don't think that's realistic. So the the tricky part about the per game basis is you also have guys in there that only played like six games or something like that. I so wasn't even talking per I, game I, though. I, get, I mean, I I don't the whole weeks one through seventeen wide receiver PPR last year he was the wide receiver, um, he was the wide receiver thirty two. But I I don't think I don't think twenty targets is I don't think twenty targets is uh, an unrealistic number. I do think that would be on the lower end that I would project, and that's what I talked about the first time would be an extra twenty targets. But I also think the other thing that we're we're not giving him credit for is he only had a sixty five percent catch rate, and that was one of the lowest completion percentages of anybody on the team uh, was to to Mike Williams because other guys were and and Philip Rivers completion percentage was in the mid seventies. So. Um, I think that number goes up. I think he improves in that area, becomes, uh, keeps working on that route running and gets more involved in the offense. So I think if he improves that catch rate, even just by a few percentage points, that's going to increase his total catches. Um, and he is better in, in your standard format than your PPR format because he's not, he's not the Golden Tates. He's not the Julian Edelman's that are going to re- reel in all of these catches. And so, you know, you are relying more on, on the big play. Um, I just don't see how you don't get this guy more involved. They they obviously saw that as a as a weapon in their biggest game of the season. Eleven targets against the New England Patriots in the game that they eventually uh, got eliminated in the playoffs. And so even then, that was trending in the direction of 
We need to make this guy a focal point of our offense because if we're going to beat the best team on our schedule, this is a guy that we have to look at in order to do that. Yeah, and I think with the whole catch percentage, 65 is actually pretty decent. Uh, Phil Rivers was at 68%, and that was the highest that he's been at in a long time. He was at 62% in 2017, 60% in 2016. Um, that 62% is pretty normal for Phil Rivers. That was something I was going to bring up. His completion percentage was absurdly high for him. I think that goes back down. That's almost like Drew Brees level. I do um, think I do think that some of, you know, his completion percentage might have been inflated by the fact that they did utilize the pass catching running back so the much. Like they I agree. they did a lot of dump off work and even compared to uh 2017 that that was still dramatically increased. They were they were sort of middle in the pack uh when it comes to like percentage of targets to the running back in 2017, but they blew it out of the water in 2018. Yeah, they did. I, and I think that that helps Philip Rivers. That that helps to pad his stats, but yeah, it does but, not help Mike Williams. No, and like Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins are all around sixty five percent. So I think Mike Williams getting to that sixty five percent again catch rate would be actually a really great thing for him. Um, I, I did keep him there. I'll, I was nice there. If he can prove it one year, I'll keep him there again. Sweet um, of you. But I don't I don't see that going up at all because like I remember what was it Mike Thomas was uh, at nearly 70 percent and everyone was freaking out that he was being extremely, extremely efficient catching all those balls. So I just I don't see the room and everyone I think everyone's just too excited because Tyrell Williams, Tyrell Williams, Tyrell Williams. And I'm sorry, Tyrell Williams targets are going to be gobbled up by another wide receiver three. And then Hunter Henry coming back. Honestly, Mike Williams might lose targets. Garrett, do you have any final oh. final words? Because you know this is going to come to a, a vote on Twitter. Um, and given the consensus uh, value of Mike Williams and fantasy Twitter, I feel like we're going to lose. Oh, yeah. People love People Mike love Williams. Mike Williams. So do you have any final words to those listeners out there before we, we uh, move on to our next topic? Yeah, my final, my final words would be, I think that Keenan Allen takes a slight step back. I think Mike Williams takes a step forward and they become much more co-number ones in this offense. And we see uh, that number of targets get closer to that 90 range. Uh, whereas Keenan Allen would still, that would still put him around the 120 range. So he would still be the, the more heavily targeted player. But I think that helps sustain uh, the total touchdown number, so you can still get the nine ten in that range. But overall, the more catches, the more yards, that'll bump him into that wide receiver okay. two status. So, are you staying away from Keenan Allen? Then would you say, okay, I am. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not drafting him uh, hardly. I actually don't think I own him in any. Yeah, leagues. you know what? I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. Who owns Keenan Allen? <laughs> I know Somebody somebody's got to get him. I don't. So do you guys think that he'll lose targets this year? Then, I don't think well? so. Um, you know, it might still be just from a few years ago when he just always got hurt. I might still hold that against him. He's yeah. got a the, bit of bias. but he's, I wouldn't he's mind owning him. Guy. I just never do. It's more about the people that's going around him that I just like a little bit more, but like, I wouldn't mind owning Keenan Allen. I just don't. Yeah. It usually comes down to like picking him or Diggs. And I always seem you to know, pick Diggs. Diggs is just a, so good in PPR. He really is. Yeah, See, that there we go. Ground. All right. Well, we're going to talk about some more um, people here. We wanted to ask you, who are some of your sleepers for 2019? We don't have to even do Dynasty. Just who do you think might may, may break out that you can get super cheap, super late in drafts for 2019? Well, I'm I'm feeling after after this heated discussion, <laughs> this heated debate that we had, uh, I'm I am uh, feeling feeling friendly on one thing. Uh, I saw your love for Donta Foreman, and I am also part of the Donta yeah, Foreman yeah. fan club. Uh, and I think the the value on him is just too good right now. You can get him um, according to DLF. You can get him around the eleventh, twelfth round, and at that point, basically after round eight. There are no running backs that have any real, without like serious injuries, 
without any real potential of becoming their team's number one running back. And I think he is the only player in that range for several rounds that actually has that opportunity to do that. Pro Football Doc came out and said that he uh, is actually more uh, encouraged than a lot of the other people are on him. Uh, is watching some videos. It looks like he's moving well. All the reports from camp are very positive. I haven't heard anything about him looking slow or sluggish. So, no, everything's been overwhelmingly positive. I th- and even the the brief clips that they're they're sharing, he's he's cutting well. He's got burst. He looks he looks good. And he's somebody that I actually think could push for the number one job before week one. I do. I do as well. And so even if it's just like, let's say that he flames out and that that Achilles injury is worse and he's just never the same again. You're getting him at a 12th round value. So it's not that's not killing your team at all. So I'm absolutely spending that all day and I'm probably bumping up into the 10th round to make sure I completely agree with you there. Like it's not going to hurt your team at all. And you could get a stud. He's not going to be too involved in the passing game, which kind of stinks. But you know what? If you can get someone that could like he's someone that could be a touchdown monster. Um, I expect Houston's offense to be awesome this year. I have Deshaun Watson. Watson is my quarterback one. Uh, I truly love their offense this year with all those wide receivers. So Deonta Foreman can be one of those guys that's just beastly on the ground, gets you those uh, hard yards to for those first downs to keep the drive moving, and then scores those touchdowns. So I love him this year. Yep, we're, we're on the same page there. Uh, if we're going to go like real deep sleeper, like real deep sleeper, um, one guy that, you know, we this is, you know, we're finishing up with most of the the rookie rookie drafts at this point. You either did it already or you're waiting till like preseason week two or three to do your rookie draft. So it's kind of a little bit of a dead period for it. Um, so you're not hearing as much about guys. But one guy that for whatever reason has completely flown under the radar, people aren't talking about him, people aren't bringing him up, is Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton went to Auburn. He is six foot one. And here's what he did he, at the combine. Uh, at six foot one, he ran the 40 yard dash in 4.39 seconds. His vertical jump was over 40 inches and his broad jump was 135. All of those put him in like plus 90th percentile. So he's a freak athletically and he's going to the New York Giants drafted in the fifth round. And after Shepard and Golden Tate, there's really nobody with any sort of established role. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes in there, does some nice things. And I've heard now, granted, a lot of players do this at this time of the year, but I've heard he's even gotten some reps with the ones uh, in New York. And so if you're playing in a dynasty league, this is a guy that you can get in your fourth, fifth, sixth round that nobody is talking about. That could be an absolute. That steal. is awesome because I will probably go take this guy now in the, we're doing a startup. So like, you know, in the 24th, 25th round with my last pick, I may totally take this guy. Um, when you just said his name, me and Kate just looked at each other, gave like a face and then Googled immediately. <laughs> We've never heard of him in our life. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Nobody's heard of him. And he went to Auburn. It's not like he went to this small school that nobody's heard of, but he is like the unknown player of the rookie class that just has gotten absolutely zero publicity. He is for getting first reason. team reps, which is incredible. Now I don't want to um, put out this podcast until we finish our. <laughs> until we finish our um, <laughs> it's a two over. copy, so me and Kate can both get him, and I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Hey-o. So thank you for that advice right there. And I'm really excited for our listeners to get that advice because when I'm reading, this stuff. I mean, it's so easy to get excited about stuff about OTAs, but you're so right. I mean, he has the opportunity and opportunity is the biggest, like the biggest part of really fantasy. Like, do you get the snaps? Do you get this opportunity to prove who you are? And I mean, all he has to do is who's the third wide receiver in the Giants? Do you even well, know? Let, let's be honest. Like what, oh, Corey yeah. Coleman? Yes. yes. So I, I think he's an easy slate in for the <laughs> wide receiver three. Um, and all of those guys, too, are like under six foot wide receivers. This dude's six one. So, I mean, there's just a lot of puzzle pieces that kind of make sense there. And I think, you know, like you've got possibly a new quarterback coming in, um, you know, not right. not established with really any other wide receiver. Like he's not going to, um, you know, maybe from the playbook, he's going to look at Sterling Shepard as his number one guy, but he still has a lot of room to go as far as rapport with yeah. his other teammates. So start, start that 
rapport building right off the bat. And that's how I was Slayton last year with awesome. Robert Foster. I loved him before the season. Uh, Josh Allen comes in, yeah. uh, you know, a rookie with a rookie, and he actually showed himself. So I, I now I'm going to be all about Darius Slayton. I'm pretty excited. You just said him and you showed us to him. We're getting <laughs> Darius Slayton jerseys. So. We're good. I'm glad. <laughs> Ordering right now. <laughs> all right. Well, we right appreciate now. you so much coming on and letting us blast your balls. I'm pretty sure we just murdered you in that debate. So, uh, I strongly disagree, but but we'll let the uh, we'll yeah, let the, we'll uh, have the Twitter sphere uh, let us know. Yeah, we'll we'll post the poll. Um, anything you want our listeners to know that you're working on or check out over at Dynasty Nerds. Yeah, I mean, all the stuff that we're doing at Dynasty Nerds is uh, uh, we're, we're really we've been been really uh, to fit the theme of the show. We've been really busting our balls uh, to to make sure that we're we're putting out great content. And so we we just recently uh, released like the Nerd Herd, uh, which is our subscription based uh, stuff. And so we have uh, a free podcast and then a podcast that's a part of the Nerd Herd. All of our rankings, we're developing all these new tools, and there's one that. Uh, I'm so excited. I like, I have to bite my tongue constantly because I want to tell people about it, but I'm like, uh, it's still like two months away. And so I, I don't want to like say somebody's like way smarter than us and like develops it way quicker than we do. Um, but there's going to be some really, really, really cool tools that are coming out. Um, and we're just doing the best that we can to make sure that we give you great rookie content, Devi content, IDP stuff. So uh, lots of new things going on there. Uh, if you haven't been a part of, of Dynasty Nerds before, come check us out. Uh, we'd be more than happy to uh, invite you to the herd. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find Garrett on Twitter at Dynasty Price. That's P-R-I-C-E. Um, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, and don't forget to vote on that poll to let us know who who blasted whose balls. We'll come up with uh, some, you know, bet here. Not 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 money related, but something fun. You know, we'll come up with something. I mean, we could do like a like a Twitter picture bet, um, or we could do like a, some sort of video that we have to release to the general Twitter sphere. I'm sure we can come up with something. That sounds Ooh, awesome. But I feel like the Twitter sphere would love to see me apologize for Michael Williams. <laughs> that might be so oh, bad. Oh my goodness. They that's might just great. vote for it. Yeah. I feel okay, like here we'll we go. do the Twitter video because that will be really funny. All right. I think it needs to be a 12 page single spaced written apology from the loser. Front and back. <laughs> Front, and, Front back. and back. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Garrett. We really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks so much for having me on. That about wraps up our show for today. We had a really good time with you, Garrett. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, as a reminder, Fantrax is the best place for you to play your leagues. Um, check out our content over at FantraxHQ.com. Um, we've got a lot of great podcasts. Joe Pisapia, Scott Bogman, and The Welsh are just the kind of inappropriate you need in your life. Listen to them on the Fantasy Black Book as they give you the best fantasy sports you've ever had. They're real. They're spectacular. The Fantasy Black Book Show right here on the Fantrax Podcast Network. Thank you so much for all your support. We just broke a 1,000 listens last week, which is a huge milestone, given that this is only episode 13. That's outstanding. Um, we're really excited to keep this ball rolling, so um, please keep up with those those five-star reviews. If you think we earned them, give us some feedback. If you have a segment you want to hear, let us know. Um, I think that's it. You got anything else, Michelle? I don't. I don't. Well, Fun thank episode, you. Fun episode, though. Fun episode. I uh, love debating. It's always my favorite. It's always your favorite, so don't forget to vote on that poll, and we will see you next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.